0: Chapter 5 of French Medieval Romances from the Lays of Marie de France. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Hogan. French Medieval Romances from the Lays of Marie de France by Marie de France. Translated by Eugene Mason. CHAPTER Five. THE LAY OF THE NIGHTINGALE Now will I tell you a story, whereof the Breton Harper already has made a lay. Laustique, I deem, men name it in that country, which being interpreted means Rosignol in French, and Nightingale in good plain English. In the realm of Brittany stands a certain rich and mighty city, called St. Mallow. There were citizens of this township, two knights, so well spoken and reputed of all, that the city drew therefrom great profit and fame. The houses of these lords were very near the one to the other. One of the two knights had a wife, a passing fair lady, by gracious of manner and sweet of tongue. Wondrous pleasure found this dame to array herself richly after the want and fashion of her time. The other knight was yet a bachelor. He was well accounted of amongst his fellows, as a hearty knight and as an honourable man he gave hospitality gladly largely he gained largely he spent and willingly bestowed gifts of all that he had this bachelor set his love upon his neighbor's wife by reason of his urgent prayers his long suit of service and by reason that all men spake not of him but praise perchance also for reason that he was never far from her eye Presently this lady came to set her heart on him again. Though these two friends loved right tenderly, yet were they so private and careful in their loves that none perceived what was in their hearts. No man pried on them, or disturbed their goings and comings. These were the more easy to devise, since the bachelor and the lady were such near neighbors. Their two houses stood side by side, hall and cellar and compels. Only between the gardens was built a high and ancient wall of worn grey stone. When the lady sat within her bower, by leaning from the casement, she and her friend might speak together, he to her and she to him. They could also throw messages in writing, with diverse pretty gifts, the one to the other. Little enough they had to displease them, and greatly were they at their ease, save only that they might not take their pleasure together, so often as their hearts had wished. For the dame was guarded very straitly when her husband was abroad, yet not so strictly but that they might have word and speech, the now by night and now by day. At least, however close the watch and ward, none might hinder that at times these fair lovers stood within their casements and looked fondly on the other's face. Now after these friends had loved for a great space it chanced that the season became warm and sweet. It was the time when meadow and copse are green, when orchards grow white with bloom, and birds break into song as thickly as the bush to flower. It is the season when he who loves would win to his desire. Truly I tell you that the knight would have done all in his power to attain his wish, and the lady, for her part, yearned for sight and speech of her friend. At night, when the moon shone clearly in the sky, and her lord lay sleeping at her side, often the dame slipped softly from her bed and hastening to the casement leaned forth to have sight of him who watched the greater part of the dark they kept vigil together for very pleasant it is to look upon your friend when sweeter things are denied this chanced so often and the lady rose so frequently from her bed that her lord was altogether wrathful and many a time inquired the reason of her unrest husband replied the dame there is no dearer joy in this world than to hear the nightingale sing it is to hearken to the song that rises so sweetly on the night that i lean forth from the casement what tune of harp or viol is half so fair because of my delight in his song and of my desire to hear i may not shut my eyes till it be morn when the husband heard the lady's words he laughed within himself for wrath and malice He proposed that very soon the nightingale should sing within a net, so he bade the servants of his house to devise fillets and snares, and to set their cunning traps about the orchard. Not a chestnut-tree nor hazel within the garth was but limed and netted for the caging of this bird. It was not long, therefore, ere the nightingale was taken, and the servants made haste to give him to the pleasure of their lord. Wondrous merry was the night when he held him living in his hand he went straightway to the chamber of his dame, and entering said, "'Wife, are you within? Come near, for I must speak with you. Here is the nightingale, all limed and taken, who made vigil of your sleeping hours. Take now your rest in peace, for he will never disturb you more.' When the lady understood these words, she was marvelously sorrowful and heavy. She prayed her lord to grant her the nightingale for a gift— but for all answer he wrung his neck with both hands so fiercely that the head was torn from the body then right foully he flung the bird upon the knees of the dame in such fashion that her breast was sprinkled with the blood so he departed incontinent from the chamber in a rage the lady took the little body in her hands and wept his evil fate she railed on those who with nets and snares had betrayed the nightingale to his death for anger and hate beyond measure had gained hold on her heart. "'Alas!' cried she, "'evil has come upon me. Never again may I rise from my bed in the night and watch from the casement, so that I might see my friend. One thing I know full well, that he will deem my love is no more set upon him. Woe to her who has none to give her counsel! This will I do. I will bestow the nightingale upon him, and send him tidings of the chance that has befallen.' So this doleful lady took a fair piece of white Samite, broided with gold, and wrought thereon the whole story of this adventure. In this silken cloth she wrapped the body of the little bird, and calling to her a trusty servant of her house, charged him with the message, and bade him bear it to her friend. The valet went his way to the knight, and having saluted him on the part of the lady, he told over to him the story, and bestowed the nightingale upon him when all had been rehearsed and shown to him, and he had well considered the matter, the knight was very dolent, yet in no wise would he avenge himself wrongfully. So he caused a certain coffre to be fashioned, made not of iron or steel, but of fine gold and fair stones, most rich and precious, right strongly clasped and bound. In this little chest he set the body of the nightingale, and having sealed the shrine, carried it upon him whenever his business took him abroad. This adventure could not long be hid. Very swiftly it was noised about the country, and the Breton folk made a lay thereon, which they called the lay of the Laustique in their own tongue End of chapter five Recording by Linda Hogan